Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Technical problems coming on. 
um, and just waiting for John Noble to call in, and I've got Zach with me. Hi, Zach. Hey, everybody. Clip that I just did, I did that like it was the most epic moment, I think, on television as far as I'm concerned. I mean, what do you think? That whole season one finale was just epic and amazing. What did you think? Because I didn't ever talk to you about the pilot or, I mean, about the season one. Oh, well, it was definitely the first. I mean, it's very rare nowadays that you have moments in TV that make you go, ah, and that was definitely one of them. Well, it was so funny because um, when, you know, Orlando Jones had, had uh, was on social media and was like, everybody, you know, videotape, videotape you, you know, your reactions as you watch the season one finale. And then to, to see everyone was just doing the same thing. We were all just freaking out. I was like, no, oh, my God. And then he's Jeremy, too. I was like, no way, no way. It was just such a cool moment. And it was a good – and it was a well-kept secret, too. I mean, there was no hint of any of that. No. That he was, you know, Jeremy. So uh, it it was really, really great. So, um well, let's talk about uh, – I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Ichabod Crane versus – the people versus Ichabod Crane. I rewatched it again today. And so how do you think he's going to come back? I mean, he's in that gobbledygook. Uh, Use the technical term. still in the vault. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm guessing so – well, like I – well, like I said, when we podcasted it, there seemed to be some of his reactions during the like the illusion seemed to be from 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 Henry, not from the because the demon when it sad when Ichabod was talking about certain things. So maybe like because Jeremy, well, because Henry is such a powerful because he is a, a spirit like survived death. I could believe like the connection somehow woke him up or something like that, like. Because the de- like even because he's he's more powerful than some spider demon, so maybe he used the connection to bridge his way back or something. Well, yeah, I mean he's a remember he's still a warlock. I mean he's right, a exactly. warlock. So he was you know half, uh, which remind obviously I mean you know yeah he was considered that horseman of war, but that kind of went away once Moloch was you know defeated. Um, and so he he's half human and half warlock, really. So actually, uh, think, think, think of it. Penda uh, still retained his powers. Maybe he retained a piece of at least of the power of war. That's possible. Because Headless was still because Headless if if Moloch completely dissipated, Headless just would have you know peeled over or something. Right, right. No, that's true. Well, and two, I think he's part of maybe Malcolm's army. You know, Malcolm is, he, he's kind of, uh, he's got an army, he's mounting an army. You know, he's got, he's got, you know, Robbie Kay character, whatever, and, and he's got Headless. And then, and then he found a way to, uh, you know, bring back, quote, you know, the Horseman of War, which, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be the Horseman. He could, because, I mean, they're still considering Headless as the Horseman of Death. Well, we don't know what happened to Headless yet. Right, I know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Well, they meant to try to to get it, like, make his own Horseman. Yeah, 
or he can, let's see, what, what horsemen have we saw the horsemen of pestilence? We haven't, which, they, which horsemen haven't we seen? What if he they, ends well, up being one, one of the more. horsemen, Malcolm? I forget, I forget what, which one, because there's two different. It's Salmon. Was it Salmon? Because I right? think they named someone because well, there's more because there's different versions of who the fourth horseman is. So I, I for, I'd have to go back and watch. I forget who because I think they said someone else, but I'd have to double check. Huh? I don't know, but I, you know, if that's the case, let's just say so that we have headless. We got horsemen of war back. If Malcolm ends up being one of the four horsemen, and then they get pestilence back. I mean, we don't know pestilence supposedly was was destroyed remember way back when in john doe that that well, wasn't destroyed was or just defeated they weren't really specific i think exactly well, that episode was kind of that was out there that was an out there episode yeah that was the whole roanoke thing and everything but yeah it's going to be interesting uh I mean, that's the, other than doing like what we were talking about last night, the Legion of Doom type situation, you know, having his own army. You know, and I've kind of been wondering if they are going to move forward, you know, if they're going to leave it out as a cliffhanger. Because my thinking is, if they were canceling the show, I think we would be hearing it by now. I think they would be advertising uh, that, don't you? Well, you never know. Sometimes they leave Maybe it to not. the. They like to. Oh yeah. Well, they leave it to the very end of that. Sometimes even the people in charge of the show don't know until like the second it airs. You know. Right. Oh, that's true. Oh my gosh. I will. I wonder if it's gonna. What's gonna happen? Um. Let me. Sorry, Wolfman Zach here. Take care of you. Sleepy Hall has had an interesting. I mean, season one was a powerhouse. Season two. The showrunner left, and it just nosedived. Season three, they brought in Clifton Campbell, the showrunner who was known for White Collar and The Glades, who's, who's very, very good. He's done what he can. I mean, this is his first supernatural thriller, so it's interesting. To, and I think this season has been interesting. And I, it's, it's, I think what we have to do as viewers is we have to accept that this is a new show. Like, it's it's almost like a reboot or re- reimagining, as it were. So if we look at it like that, we can try to overcome the mistakes of the past. Although, one thing I will never forgive them for is how they completely screwed over Katya Winter, and I hope she's found better work by now. But I am very much looking forward to this this idea of an evil team. I cannot say they, they're going to, I have this feeling they're going to do some interesting things. Oh, I, I heard, I heard Okay. Yep, that was me. Okay, he's going to call in any second now. So, um, oh, <laughs> I will. So, I I'll do he I guess he, he's like they just like, "Hey, Chrissy, he knew it was me." So, he's like, "Okay, I'll tell him to call in." I guess I don't know if he tried calling in ahead of time and then we were having some technical difficulties or whatever. So, uh anyway, but um as soon as he called in, I'll do I just did a, like a little teeny intro here to kind of uh um so anyway, so what were you you were talking about? You were talking about what you're you're interested in the um the hopefully the Legion of Doom angle. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We should, we should come yeah. up with a good name for them too. I know we need to come up with something. I think it would be great. If we could, oh my goodness! Oh gosh, is dreadful. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. The, we gotta come up with like Malcolm's malicious 
I don't know. Miscreants. I'll have to come up with like. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Miscreant. Super, superhero. Well, they have abilities. Well, I, we don't know actually. If well, yeah, because we just has all we know Because he just says he feels more powerful, and we don't even know what that means. I know. They sort of haven't fleshed that out yet. So You know what's funny? I just realized I can't wait to see Molly's reaction when she finds out that he's a villain now. Oh, well, I just I mean, you were right. Like, we were talking about it last night. It's weird that she didn't mention him to to her mom or to Ichabod or anybody. No, I mean, no, no. Uh, the, um, the, the, well, uh, the um, pop star guy, whatever the heck he was. I'm not sure. They weren't even clear what he was, really, but like, uh, oh, yeah, imagine no. when, she, when, she, when she finds out, like, one of her favorite, I can just see her going, I'm unfollowing you. Yeah, I know. It's like, that guy, I know. Well, she's, of course, infatuated with him. I mean, he's a YouTuber. YouTube sensation. Okay, so uh, I think John just, just called in. So let uh, me do okay. my little intro here. Are you ready? All right. So award-winning John Noble has made his mark on big screen in television and even on Broadway, starring in a myriad of productions, including including the hit saga Lord of the Rings, Fringe, Elementary, and, of course, Sleepy Hollow. Fans were ecstatic to see his return as Ichabod Crane's son, Henry Parrish, on Sleepy Hollow. And we're honored that he has agreed to join us for this very special edition of the Headless Content podcast. So, uh, without further ado, hi, John. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hi, good. Thank Hello. you so much for uh, joining us, me and us again. Appreciate it. Pleasure. <laughs> Pleasure, my um, So I have, <laughs> I have my co-host with me, Zach. Good night, Zach. How are you? Ha- much <laughs> honored to meet you, John. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So, um, all right, so I'm going to get into it right away. I, I need to ask mm-hmm. you, because I, I, I was lucky enough I did get to talk to you right after the season one finale, and thank you for that. It was such a great, great convo. Um, but mm-hmm. in season two, I mean, what was your take on the series? I mean, there were so many. It just went off the deep end. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. from your perspective, how did you feel yeah. about about all of that? But- uh, look, I think it was um, I think it was an unfortunate perfect storm of things uh, happened uh, in the sense that you know we we had a, a show a showrunner come in to take over from Alex. It was Alex Kurtzman's show, mm-hmm. and uh, that's not no easy task, particularly with something as complex, <laughs> fantastic. Right. So the the first season I thought was was, was splendid. I honestly um, I don't really think that. They, People knew where to take it. I don't think so. And and, and yeah. bear in mind, I think making a making a series out of Sleepy Hollow is is a is a very difficult task. And uh, you know, well, this has been discussed widely. We we went off the rails, and I know in my case, I uh, I just I said to the producer, I said, look, this is this is not working um, for me at present. Uh, it's just going nowhere, and that's when I went up and did right. elementary. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was just, I, and, and I, no, no, no hard feelings. God knows it. I, I'm glad it was someone else writing it, not me. It was terribly difficult. So, right. Um, yeah, what went wrong was what you said. I mean, it was a, a whole, a whole series of things just didn't. Look, there's much more to it than that, and you know some of it. You've probably spoken about it on the show. 
Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, all that. Um, lot, lots and lots of things. But uh, the, uh, I just felt that uh, that it was time. Myself and Catcher Winter in particular uh, just thought, mm, okay, maybe, maybe something else for a while. Well, you know, it was it was yeah, it was tough being uh, you know, on social media and, and all of that, but um what do you think about the fact that they've moved the series to D C this season? What do you what do you think about that? Now that of course Abby is gone, so that the series is now oh, yeah, DC. they're located in D C, yeah. Mm. What do you think of that? Well look, it's uh it's a logical logical step. If you're going to if you're going to look at that uh, that period of time, and and I don't know how many of us are uh, students of the revolution. I certainly am, and it was an extraordinary time. And and ultimately, the people that he talks about and he deals with, these were the the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the most powerful people in the world. That and and the it was, it was based around Washington D.C. Uh, so it makes yeah. sense that he's there rather than being being tucked away trying to create a. Uh, an event every week in, 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 in Sleepy Hollow, which is a little tiny place. Um, right. So I thought it was. Um, I thought. I thought it was. Yeah, I in, mean, in, uh, in, the new. It's it's been kind of strange with, of course, without Abby. I mean, Nikki left yeah, the show, well, and what what did you think when you heard about that? Because we were devastated. <laughs> yes, it was, it's it's but, a really um, it's a really unusual thing to do. Uh, yeah, definitely. For a lead, for a lead, for a lead actress to to leave a show, um, usually that that's the end of the show, if that happens. Right. Uh, but uh, old warriors like me know that no one's uh, no one's indispensable or irreplaceable. So, uh, you know, you might be the lead, but doesn't mean to say you can't uh, be moved on, and that that keeps uh, that keeps us very grounded, uh, you know, and and grateful really uh, for, the, for the position yeah. we've got. Uh, all of which is nothing to nothing to do with uh, Nicole. I, I, I had not um, I'd not seen Nicole for a while, and then I I heard um, the news and I dropped her an email and just you know sort of uh, um, I didn't ask what had happened but I just sort of reached out to her. as I do as I do I did after the election too. You just keep in contact with people and say hey you need me you know where I am uh, and that means you might not for ten years but 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 I meant that so hmm. that was my reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a shocker for us too um, across the board, mm-hmm. definitely. I, uh, anyway, but um, but yeah, I mean the new the new uh, this season has been very interesting actually, and I do think that um, bringing it to DC and you're right. I mean, you know, he deals with the founding fathers, so it, it yep. totally makes sense for him to be there. And I like the vault uh, and all of that that they've created. Yes, yes. It's actually a very isn't that cool? I absolutely love that. That's so, Mm. Um, so I was glad for that. And, uh, and so how did you, how did they come about to, uh, ask you to come back? The true story is it sounds like fake news, but it's not. Um, Tom, Tom and I were uh, doing a, a Comic-Con in London and, uh, mm-hmm. uh and, and Tom and I are friends and we get on really well and we always love to see each other. And as we were chatting, we were talking about, uh, changes and, uh, we both thought that the the uh, part of the seven was completely unresolved in in season two. Uh, yeah. You know, given that there is, Tom and I uh, love. I mean, really, seriously, love working against each other. And in season two, we had mm-hmm. we had very little. Uh, and so both of us were going, well, why, why, why 
why are you doing this? <laughs> why did you give me this? What did we do wrong? Uh, so anyway, we were chatting about that, and, and uh, Tom, I think, said, oh, you want to come back? And I said, oh, I wouldn't mind, actually. And uh, I was sort of, uh, and he said, really? And, and he said, I'm going to talk to the producers. And uh, so the producer said, yep, sure, that's a great idea. And hence, I, uh, <laughs> and it was, it, it's, a, it's an interesting re-entry. Uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel wrong, and it doesn't feel to me, it doesn't feel like it's just an add-on. It feels like something integral uh, to the story, and uh, mm-hmm. and and will answer. We'll come to some some. You know, it's lovely, isn't it, when you do a series to be able to tie up loose ends. And uh, we we had that great fortune with with, uh, with French to be able to tie up a lot of loose ends, uh, because we were told that that would uh, in that case that would be our last thirteen. That was fantastic because uh, we just and bring it to a denouement and. Yeah. Uh, not very satisfying. Now, I don't know. I've got no idea what's happening in Sleepy Hollow as to whether it uh, lives or breathes or, I suppose, in another uh, yeah. It'll look a little pen to, you know, Fox will have a look at their programming and see. I don't know how the show went uh, this season. It, it, did, it held, oh, no, I did. It actually held its own, didn't it? It didn't drop off at all, from yeah. what I'm told. Or that, yeah. which, is, which is pretty good, really, considering that the lead actress has uh, gone. And, well, uh, yeah, and... Well, yeah, and the new cast is the way that they've done this is really interesting because you know Molly is like eleven; she's the second witness, so it's kind of a very different dynamic uh, coming mm-hmm. back. But I was very really much happy a reimagining. That yeah, exactly. So, so, sorry, Zach. That... I'll, I'll say it's like it's almost like a reboot reimagining. Like there, it's almost yeah. like the, a different direction for the show. Do you know what though, Zach? I think uh, I think that when you're doing series television, I think. Really, uh, you need to do that every season, uh, just mm. just to re-energize. If, if particularly if you're doing 22 episodes, that's a huge, a huge uh, journey. And then it's great. And, and again, specifying French, and and indeed uh, Elementary, they they always do a reboot by bringing in a new major character. And uh, mine was last year's, um, and it's only ever bought in. And uh, that's. Uh, that's the showrunner's ploy there. He says, no, I'm going to bring in an absolutely major character. And maybe if uh, down the track, if someone's available, they may come back sometime or other. Uh, but generally, it's, we're uh, in and out of there in one year. Uh, so there is a reboot. And I think it's a very sensible thing to do. You've still got the same core elements. and uh, But you give it, uh, what did you say, a reinvention? Is that, is that what you said? Or reimagining? Either works. Reimagining. <laughs> But yeah, and and uh, but yeah, was I mean we the other thing I wanted to mention is just the fact that you know I always love seeing you and Tom work together because you know you guys are mm-hmm. so great and I actually recently I went and I watched rewatched a couple of the you know Henry Ichabod scenes you know uh, in mm-hmm. from season two actually and and season one mm-hmm. but. But the two of you together in a scene is just, you know, it's like magic because you, you're both mm-hmm. just so good at what you do. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I really was looking forward to seeing, you know, that matching, matching wits against, you know, Henry and between Henry and Ichabod. And that certainly happens. Uh, certainly happens in, in in material when I go back. Um, so, look, it's uh, it is a joy, and I mean, it's it's cliche. It's cliche as hell to say. We have good chemistry. People use that term all the time. Um, right. Tom and I do. And, you know, we, we, we're both theatre men. Uh, we're, you know, trained in the theatre, so we come from a, 
a common background which has its own uh, language <laughs> and to, we understand each yeah. other as it is and uh, uh, so we have those that, that reference point if you like uh, and we often talk about wandering off to do a play together that sort of thing and uh, so that that's huge as against uh, say working with an actor that doesn't come from that background uh, there's, there's a whole slab of that I can't share with them because right. it's, it's not common ground mm. So right, right. I mean, and, and, and then Tom is, a, is, is, as I said, is a terrific stage actor, as well yeah, as a hell of a nice he's man. Amazing. You know, he's the nicest man. Yeah, yeah, he is. He, well, actually, speaking of that, like awesome. being as different age than him, what was it like for you two? Because you had to, you were playing his son. I mean, what was that like for you? Oh, it's. it's, it's, it's uh, on, on face value, it, it, you, you say you got to be kidding. Um, you know, um, you, you start to wonder if he's prematurely aged. What's going on? And uh, and then then you see then you see him somewhere in, in season one crawling out of a out of a hole in the earth and covered in mud and dirt. And you think, what the what's going on here? Heavens! Uh, <laughs> seriously, oh God! I remember that morning. The morning I had to come out find the church where he found his name. I was barefooted and just covered in rags. It was so cold, so cold. I cannot tell. I, really? One step, one step in, one step in. Then I was barefoot. One step under that grass, and it felt like I was in a nice box. And anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, I could imagine. I mean, you know, the location shoots. You know, you're out there in the elements, and I mean, yeah, when you came up out, you looked pretty, pretty gnarly there. I got to say. Oh, oh, what was the makeup like? Makeup must have been a pain in the butt for that theme. No, well, no, because uh, because Corey, uh, the guy that does the makeup, um, yeah, and he also did all the special effects. Well, Corey, Corey's Corey's a wizard. I mean, he's he's he just loves his work so much, and uh, and we we're mutual uh, um, admirers. I mean, I think his work's amazing, and he thinks mine's good, and so. When it came to work together on that, that was uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing him do what he did. Didn't take that long, really. Oh, I've yeah. had work. <laughs> well, what is one of your favorite aspects of Sleepy Hollow and and uh, filming wise for you, being part of the show? Yeah. Well, look, there's, there's two things that come immediately to mind. One, one is you know I I, I did have uh, a, a close relationship with with with. Uh, with Tom mm-hmm. and, and the rest of the cast too, um, and uh, you know as, as much as possible. Uh, so that was lovely. But no, as equally important as that, when I landed back in Atlanta, so many of the crew were old friends. It was so wonderful, and I'm going, oh my God, these are people that had shifted from uh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and that was just uh, just a joy. Just catching up with old friends and picking up the conversation. I we bet it was. It was wonderful. So that, but. I, I find the same thing when I when I work in New York. Uh, I go onto a show there, and invariably I'm coming across the same crew members, and it's really such fun to walk into somewhere in the middle of that big place and go, "Oh, g'day, Bob, how you doing?" Yeah, friends, you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, I know uh, Zach wants to ask you about Elementary for sure. Go ahead, Zach. Mm-hmm. You have. Well, yeah. Well, I actually also do one. I, I do a podcast. Well, I have one day one. It's funny because when we were, cu- I've. Because I've done the podcast, I've talked to so many people on the show. I'm such a Sherlock Holmes fanatic. We talked all the time. We knew Sherlock's father was a character. We were like, 
he wasn't introduced, of course, till the end of the season when you came in. We always said, who could possibly play him? Who could? And no one even – we knew it had to be someone, a great actor with depth and character. No one thought to, like, put you for it. And it, you, of course, are perfect. So what, what was it like preparing to play the father of such a – like, there is n- very few people more iconic at home. What was it like preparing to play the father of such a character and working with Johnny? Uh, that was really uh, that, was, that was very complicated. Uh, what fortunately they gave me sufficient uh, width to explore with that character, and 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 I sort of came up with some thoughts and, and put them to them, and they came back with ideas, so that we finished up with this uh, with this unfortunately very timely character uh, in the world today. Those that live above uh, above government and above the law, and uh, so. Um, uh, that that was good. Well, yeah, I enjoyed it because I had to research. I had to research a lot of the stuff uh, without going into boring details about it. Um, you know, um, a lot of reading on the economics and, and the current uh, political trends and what they call neoconservatism, which you're, um, you may know about, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, that's these are the, these are the men, the men, the only men that rule the world, and uh, right. they're a powerful lot. And he he was one of them. Mm-hmm. So. That was the first thing, and, and it was it was great. It was, it was t- for a, a personal point of view, it was exactly what I needed because I was constantly no getting more and more frustrated by what was happening in the world, uh, and I didn't quite know the reason for it because when I was at university, we all studied Keynesian economics, and no longer the case. I mean, it didn't a years ago. So um, anyway, I found that interesting to do it. Um, Johnny, I've uh, been playing. Well, you see. I had to make. I, my, I felt that uh, uh, Johnny's character was certainly on the spectrum. Um, I'm not sure where he was on the on, on the, the spectrum. You know what I mean by that? The uh, what's it called? Autism. The, the autism spectrum. The, the, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, very very difficult. And hence his, uh, uh, which which I have to say, I mean Johnny Lee Miller does an astonishing job. He really does. He's. Uh, so focused, man. It's a, that's a, now that's a tough role to maintain that week after week after week. That, oh, that bitter, twisted man that he is. So, I mean, playing against him was always a challenge because both men were very bright. Both men had a whole lot of baggage. And it was a good old battle between them each and every time. And, uh, uh, you know, you couldn't... You, you look forward to those things because there's no room to breathe in them. They, they are so intense, the things between Johnny and his dad. And uh, so that was always uh, something to look forward to. And, uh, you know, you sort of finish the end of it like you've just run a marathon uh, each scene. But it was, uh, yeah, Johnny Lee Miller. Was, uh, the whole cast, actually. Um, the whole cast is amazing. Um, Lucy Lou's uh, just, a, just a treasure. And, oh, uh, she and would Aiden be Quinn. fun to work with, I'm sure. Oh, oh, man, one of my favorite seen. scenes with, with you and Aiden when he essentially go like oh. Gregson goes in and threatens Moral. And he, this is just some New York cop and he's, Threatening one of the most powerful men in the world. It was. It was a. You know that Aiden and I only did one together, and we were both. Apparently, I mean, I was really looking forward to to working with him. I mean, really, really. And apparently, he was with me. So they gave us this scene, and we couldn't wait to do it and uh, and get stuck into it and, and do some inventing. Um, so that was a very memorable day for me. Just just to get to to share a stage with Aiden because I've been an admirer for a long time. So that was that. Um, and the other young man, I didn't get to work with at all. So it was only the three of those principals I worked with. But they were, they were good. 
Uh, very good, actually. And uh, so I enjoyed that year. Well, you know, it's interesting because obviously in Fringe, you know, it was father-son role, right? And in, in elementary, yeah. you had a father-son role that was way different. How hard was that to sort of differentiate your characters, you know, within those relationships? Yeah. Was it difficult? It's you know what it is, because uh, it's technical. It's it's what it's the technical process of you know you you have to play the character's truth, not your own, not your own perceptions of it. And uh, so, right. Technically, you go inside. I, I know. I, I don't look in the mirror when I'm doing this preparation. Do you know what that would throw me? I just think about uh, this young man, uh, this 17 year old mm. young man that was trapped inside that uh, the old man's body, and hence his strange right. behaviours. Uh, this, this unruly, rebellious youth, uh, full of hatred and, and bile towards his parents. Well, there's no news in that, and, uh, and that's what I concentrated on, as against being an, uh, an old dude. Right. So it's just technical, really. It, mm. it it must be hard. I don't know. I'm amazed at at how well you do that. I mean, you're able to, because because it, it seems to me. I mean, obviously, you've played so many characters over the years. Um, in so mm. many different things, how how mm. you know it is technical, but you know how in your mind do you do you yeah. you know mm. you're able to do that with such with such you know grace, really. It's Thank it's you. incredible. So uh, yeah, I, I'm amazed. You know how do you do that? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, Are you well, asking well, in this process, Christine? <laughs> It's, uh, it's it, it is it is technical and it's in preparation and it's I I think for me now it's so um, so much second nature that I to actually articulate it I have to stop and think well what what, what do I do and yeah. my wife often says to me John how do you do this you never you never she says you never appear to do any work you never appear to look at your line um, uh, you sort of wonder about in a bit of a day but 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 the, right. the truth of the matter is that uh, but that's I don't. What I do is I read read it, and then I find I find out I use that as the basis for finding character. Lines lines at the easy part, the easy part of it, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, that finding that character, so that you don't need to have a script in your hand to do that. You just have to let it sit and simmer and <laughs> stew, which I do. Right. Same with certain phrases. I mean, there'll be a phrase sometimes that looks really difficult, and you don't know how to do it, so I just let it sit. And then suddenly I'll be driving on. Oh, got it! Thanks very much. Got the answer. You know. Right, right. You've got to trust the process, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a creative process. Because, like Fringe in particular. Well, you've done this. You've played both here and villain, and even in Fringe, in a way, you got to play two different versions of one character. Do you have a preference Mm. to hero or villain? Do you have one you like playing more than the other? Um, No, Um, no. I think it's. it's all to do with the perception, isn't it? Because someone that is a villain in this day and age and in this place may be a hero in another place. So it's a, it's a social thing, really. And uh, uh-huh. you know, you know, yourselves, as young people, how quickly the social morals are changing, just in terms of the way that we, 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 we treat, well, forget the last few months, but prior to that, the way that we treat each other. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, it's... It, hmm. Yes, I, it, it's to do. No, I don't. I don't, and I don't think of them. I mean, I, when I played Denethor in Lord of the Rings, it was uh, 
that was a tough role. And so I, had to, I just had to go quietly, 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 and deeply, deeply, deeply inside of that father to find out what in God's name happened right, to right. And I did. And, uh, I and mean, hence uh, I was... Mm. That was, was just crazy. I mean, I mean, you have to, like, you're throwing your son in the fire and stuff. It's just like, what is going on here? Uh, and mm-hmm. to be able to sort of adapt your character from from the actual novel, you know, was was mm-hmm. it difficult doing that? You know, because I mean, Tolkien no. is like a god practically. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the saga was just so well known. You know, what was that mm-hmm. like for you being able to try well, to? Well, you know, I mean, you did an yes. amazing job. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't overthink that um, you know uh, I, and I didn't you know I didn't try to look like the perceptions of that character because he was always beard and so forth and uh, so I rejected that um, hmm. no God I was very fortunate or my, that character was very fortunate to to have a lot of original Tolkien text so a lot of a lot of my speeches mm-hmm. were, were almost grabs from the book Um which, which was quite difficult language, actually, but uh, it was also rather beautiful language. So I was blessed in that sense. Yeah. I didn't have to, I didn't have to make it up. And in, in that film in particular, they remained so true to the script. I mean, to the everyone, uh, the writers had the books opened in front of them at all times. And so if, oh, if I, I would talk to them about something, you know, and I'd say, look, I've done some research here, blah, 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 blah. And I'd tell them where I'd say, oh, yeah, oh, okay, well, that's a good idea. But if I'd invented something from, say, Stephen King, they'd have said, well, great idea, but no. Uh, um, it, that show. What was it like What was it like working with Peter Jackson? Because he's incredible. Um, well, on that occasion, um, I, I was... Uh, I, you know, you see, you, you see all of us at, at times in our life have what I call purple patches. There's times when we just go... we. we we are better than ourselves. We are just at our best or something or other, or, or everything falls into place. Peter Jackson was astonishing. I've never seen anything like it in my life. J.J. Abrams would be the closest in terms of intellect and vision, uh, I think, that I've come mm-hmm. across. Mm-hmm. And, and, Pete, and Peter's preparation was astonishing. And uh, so uh, I, sat, I, I sat in awe of the man, uh, to be honest with you, at that time. Uh, as, a, as a director and a producer, I just thought it was astonishing what he was, and the purity with which he was able to, the surety and purity right. with which he was able to approach it. And, uh, of course, working with uh, Ian Lesney uh, um, on the camera, and, and uh, so that was a great combination. Sadly, not there anymore, but still. Um, right. Yeah, uh, astonishing. It, it, Peter Jackson, on that occasion, the only one I've worked with him, I thought was astonishing and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I do know how he did it, but my God, it was to, to pull that to pull that off, and, and then to work for three or four years on it solidly, just making it better and better, is it's amazing. And he did it, and he right. you know, credited that. Mm. It was. Yes. It, I, and it, I, I always think that. I feel like Tolkien was like guiding him during that whole during the creation mm. of that the saga. You know, you I mean that's well, sort of my own. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that because there was that there was resistance initially from the Tolkien family, and uh, and also from a lot of mm. fans, people didn't think we anyone could adjust it. And uh, so I think there was certainly something to prove there as well, um, to say, well, you know what, we we're also fans and we want to do this right. 
and uh, that's what came across to me and finished up the Tolkien family actually saying, well, well done, um, despite the fact it was, it was touch and go. They didn't want it done. And uh, so he had to fight that battle. But he was very, very true true, true to Tolkien. And, yeah, he, he may well have been channeling. His, he was certainly channeling something. And, and day after day after day after day, these ridiculous hours, running around in freezing New Zealand with these shorts and boots on, uh, just amazing. Uh, so I can't say any more about him except for that. And that, but he also right. around him. Uh, he also assembled a, a cast and a crew that were bloody amazing mm-hmm. too. And, uh, oh my know, God! Right yes. Around, just about all of New Zealand was I involved mean, in. By the way. Yeah, New Zealand. Oh my God! It must have been beautiful there. I mean, I would mm-hmm. love to go mm-hmm. to New Zealand just to see. I'd l- mm-hmm. I'd love to do that tour. They do the the Lord of the yeah. Rings tour. That would be amazing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but how cool I, is it? You know. Someone, you, Go ahead. No, no, that's right. How cool is it? What? Oh, okay. <laughs> Zach, did you you have some more? You wanted to ask him about your video, the voiceovers well, that you've well, done Well, actually, too. before that, I have a. It's funny because we were talking about dinosaur. That's pretty much the world that introduced you to say the world or even America. Is there a role you have a personal favor, at least one you'd prefer to be that we would know you for? From my past uh, yeah. work, uh, Walter Bishop, I'm fairly sure. I think from Fringe, yeah. Uh, if that's what you mean, uh, of the roles I've done um, uh, uh, available to, to to American audiences, I, I think I think Bishop was by far the most complex of them, and uh, just it's just a gift a gift a gift of a character to an actor. So, uh, and I loved him. I, lo- I still love him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I would love. I wish they would make a movie, a fringe movie. That would be amazing. Mm. I think they should. Mm. I think yeah. they should try and do well, that. Well, you know, I think if, if, you know, if somebody thought, if someone thought that there was some money to be made, they may have tried it. Um, they would have. They would have looked at it for surely, but then said, "Well, you know, we don't know that there's going to be a big enough audience for this show, so no, let's not do it." I think that's probably what happened. Um, I'd be almost sure. If there was money there, they would have done it, all right? Or they would get the cast back to Yeah. But uh, I certainly would have been there. And uh, so who knows? I, I think it gets down to money always, that sort of stuff. Never mind. But it, stays, it stays very yeah, fresh in memory. Um, I don't know what happened right. to the X-Files movie. That, did that do any good? I, I, oh, the X-Files. Movie. What do you think about the X-Files <laughs> coming back? I was so excited. It's what, I mean, yeah, yes. it's like one of my favorite shows ever you should they should oh, have yeah. you be on that show too <laughs> but then you could, you could <laughs> guest on that just, on the next uh, no. the next no. compilation of it yes before before i yeah, retire I walk go. off with the walk with the walking dead somewhere rather than disappear yeah no <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, yeah i'd like I to totally uh, see that yeah, actually. <laughs> it'd be a, it'd be cool to do a to do a guestie on 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 particularly on on x-files but uh, yeah. yeah, these things. Yeah, who knows? Unless well, some never unless say some, never. You some, never know. Oh, I don't say anything. I just, I really, honestly, I don't say yeah. anything. I just sit and wait. And every morning, I, I when I wake up and, and I try to project into the future, I say, "Oh, John, come on, stop it." <laughs> you know, just keep yourself <laughs> exactly. keep keep yourself healthy and well, and, and uh, get on with it, which I do. So. Well, well, as an yeah. actor, I can definitely understand that. <laughs> <laughs> 
but but uh, now, like Christine mentioned, your voice, and just like you've done, because of course you have a very distinctive press. But like, there's a couple I wanted to bring up. Like you, you've done a few video games. I mean, you got to be the Scarecrow in the Batman is, but the one the video game I want to bring up is L.A. Noir. You've done video game work before, but this was different, and you actually had to act and do motion capture. What was that like for you, and seeing your likeness in the game? <clears throat> well. That story is a longer story than that. The, the guy that uh, uh, wrote and produced that is, uh, is also from Australia. And years and years ago, he, uh, he, they contacted me and said, oh, John, will you come in for a day, please, mate? And we just want to test We want to test a certain technique on you. Do you mind? And they paid me well. And so I went in and they, they, they did that thing where you have to have your hair all slicked back completely. And, uh, and uh, they used that to get the, the talking animation going. Anyway, it was, it was an experiment that stage, and then, then I was over here, and they called me back for another one at Christmas time, and they said, please come back, we've got some bills, John, will you please come back? Anyway, that another year went past, and then I got this call saying, hey, John, guess what, we're going to actually now film it in L.A., will you come and do it? And I, I, I spoke to my producer, and they said, yep, and, and no, actually, no, I'll tell in the, break, in the break. So I was able to go and do this stuff, which was all new at the time. It was all very new, and... Uh, and most most of the cast of Mad Men were in actually, and uh, it was uh, oh, no, just doing anything like that is is, is so exciting. Mate. I, I tell you, it's just being at the cutting edge with some of that stuff is amazing, and having directors and uh, yeah, see, seeing that foul mouthed man <laughs> swearing away, um, it was uh, it was kind of fun. We I, I loved it was a lovely uh, experience, and this is not. Said Hogsberg, you know, we uh, we must that must have come out about the time that we opened uh, the first season of of uh, Lord of the Rings, I think. Oh no, of uh, Fringe, because we were in Times Square. We got up there, and that, there were two billboards up there. One of them was for Fringe, and the other one was for L.A. Noir. And I thought, Geez, that's cool. <laughs> I like that a lot. You know, those big billboards <laughs> at uh, Times Square. So that that's was fun. really cool. Yeah, yeah. it was okay. cool. Well, it was great. And I wanted to ask you about Prosperity. I got to see it. I, I actually mm. went and saw it, and it was my first uh, off-Broadway play I've ever seen. It was you were fabulous in it. Uh, mm. it. It was it was just very interesting to see you doing something live like that. You know, mm-hmm. what do you? I mean, obviously you like theater. Um, do you have any other things that you might be doing coming up or? No, well, look, uh, no, um, I, 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 I have been offered some things, but uh, uh, no, it's not. Hmm. To do theatre is not the reason that I live in America. I mean, I'd run a theatre company for mm-hmm. about 10 years in Australia, so I've done not a lot of... I learned my craft and my trade, and I didn't come into film and television until I was 40. So, I mean, I, I'd uh, leave cover, but uh, no, I don't... Uh, uh, most most uh, actors say, "Oh, theatre's my first love." Well, I don't think so. I, not for me. I mean, I like it. Uh, I like them all. I like television. Yeah. I, I just love the pace. I love the pace of it, and uh, the fact that you have to think on your feet and go with a lot of uh, you know a lot, a lot of your first instincts. And uh, I, I get off on that. <laughs> I love it instead of sitting around waiting <laughs> for people. Yeah, because I mean, movie sets are way different because you're waiting around all the time, right? I mean, compared oh, to yes. television, television. Yeah, I mean, oh, I can absolutely. just imagine. I because and and the crazy thing is like, okay, so on Sleepy Hollow, let me just ask you, like behind the scenes, 
uh, well, except this season so far, you were just on on you know set. But when you've done location shoots, that must be crazy. Uh, you know, is it is it as fast paced or is it more like does it slow everything down or you know? No, it's what's the, your the pace of discovery. Pace of discovery, uh, from a performance point of view, is is challenging. Um, no mm-hmm. more or less so than um, than being in, on a set. I mean, the, the the challenge for locations is if you've got to ship everything in, so you've got to bring all of your lighting, all of your sound, everything. Everything has to come with you if you, you know, uh, on a farmhouse or on the, on the 30th floor of a building, and that creates right. logistic problems. But they do it. I mean, they do it and make it look easy, but it's not easy. I mean. Extraordinary what those men and women do, and uh, so there's something exciting about location work. I like it, and uh, yeah, and, and you get to you get to go to some, some rotten places, but you get to go to some interesting places as well. Very interesting. I bet. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 amazing what they do and and how they put things together. I mean, one episode of Sleepy Hollow takes like a, what seven or ten days to film. Mm. Per episode, mm-hmm. so uh, you know, yeah, it's a train and it just keeps going. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, but it sure does. You know, but it's a fun it, train to be on, right? Well, it's yeah, I don't mind it. It's an eight eight day show usually, and uh, for these things, and then of course it gets there's a, all the pre works done beforehand by the time we get the script, and then there's all the critical post work, which is amazing in itself. I think that goes off to editing and getting a score composed and, and you know, having the, the, the sound edit and the color. All of that's done so fast at special effects. Amazing what these people right. have been and, and done so fast, so fast. It's unbelievable. So they're, well, they're the best of the best. Yeah. Well, we're almost out of time already, but um, can you tell us, I mean, we know Henry is going to be in, in are, are you in one or two two more episodes, I think, this season, I think? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we, we, we know that you're gobbledygook, well, your face showed up in the gobbledygook at the end of uh, yeah, you didn't the, even the, see the him. people versus it. Yeah, you, I didn't even, I know, it was horrible, we were recording our podcast, can't see his face, what are you talking about, I had to go back and and watch it, so. Obviously, I mean, do you think it is um, – my feeling is I think Malcolm has something to do with it, but, but we were talking ahead of, before you came on that, you know, um, Jeremy, Jeremy slash Henry is a warlock, so he's part, part mm-hmm. human and part, you know, part warlock. Mm-hmm. So does that play yep. a role in, in his return? Yep. Don't want to say any more than that, but yeah. <laughs> Well, I know you can't tell we, us anything. Before we leave, there is one more thing I wanted to off sleep how long because you've done so many. I mean, you've got you voiced Unicorn, which is which is a role you couldn't share with Orson, the great Orson Welles did too. But you no, also no. once once had you voiced Brainiac, one of Superman's classic mm-hmm. most deadly villains. Were you familiar with him at all beforehand? And where did your take on Brainiac come from? How much was you, and how much was like the original writing? Mm-hmm. Well, I do. I do what with those iconic roles. I do uh, what what is necessary in terms of research. I don't overdo it. No, I don't try and copy anyone else. Look, if the voice work is is, is is different from anything else in the sense that you don't you don't prepare uh, a lot. You you go in there and uh, uh, and work. I, I work with the director in in the studio. And uh, for example, you know when I went in with. Um, <clears throat> 
uh, with Scarecrow, uh, you know, what I'd do is I'd give them, I'd give them, I might come in and say, look, I've got a few possible voices, have a listen to these, and I'd give them a few, and they'd say, hey, yeah, well, that number three, that one there, yeah, what do you think? And they'd get in touch with London, where the producers were, and they'd say, what do you think of this voice? Said, That's the way, let's do it. So then, uh, then I might come back several months later to do another shoot, and I have to be reminded of what I did. But, uh, but generally, you work with directors, and they, uh, they will tell you when you're spot on. They won't waste your time. If you've, if you've got it, you move on. You know what I mean? And uh, so it's very fast and intense. And if you're good at it, and let's hope they are working at that level, it's a, it's a very intense process. Uh, quite exhausting, actually, uh, to do, particularly do a six-hour recording session. It's, it's walk out of it like shit. But uh, interesting, interesting, as long as your voice holds up. <laughs> Well, if you had to describe the next episode that we're going to see with you in it, can you give us like one or two words about how you would describe it? <laughs> I'm trying. You, I mean, I don't yeah, want you to give anything out that you can't, but <laughs> no, I, no, I how would can't. you describe it? No, I can't. I'd, 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 rather, uh, I'd rather leave it. And, uh, I, uh, I okay. The, I've got a couple of episodes to come, and, and I enjoyed them both very much. I'll tell you that much. So... Uh, <laughs> What you have to wait and see. <laughs> nice try, Christine. All nice right. Try. I know. I tried. What can I say? Hey, man, you know, I wouldn't be a radio host if I didn't try, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much, John. I appreciate you taking the time again to chat with us. And, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I mean, huge, huge fan of yours. I follow whatever you, you're in. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you're back on Sleepy oh, thanks, Hollow. Chris. Thanks, Trissy. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it very much, and I'm glad you guys are still, what, four years, four years in, still doing it. So good for you. Yeah. And podcast. <laughs> yep. And Zach, good to meet you. Well, good luck. Yeah. And good luck mm. to you for what it is. Uh, after that, hopefully we'll see you. Hopefully there's another season, and maybe you'll be on it next season, too. That's my hope, so we'll see. Hey, yeah. maybe more of will make a return appearance on Elementary. <laughs> Yes. There you go. Oh, uh, no. I <laughs> never know. Oh, my gosh. All right, my love. It's so lovely <laughs> to talk to you, and you, you take care of yourself. Yes, you too. All right. Bye. Thanks, Lizzie. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that, so well, that, that was, was awesome. John Noble. Wasn't it? Oh, my gosh. Isn't he great? It's so I weird because I, most of the roles I know him for, he's playing British, so I never hear his real voice. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Well, you know, it, and he ta- he talks. Um, he has a soft voice, so you know, it oh, makes, yeah. makes you really want to, you know, have to listen yeah. to him. But I mean, the Lord of the Rings stuff—that was cool. I mean, oh god, anyway, and there's so and much more. I mean, there's too. He's such a big actor. There's too much you want to talk to him about, you know. I know, I know, and it's just like, oh my gosh. Like there's shows uh, but... I like that he was on, that he was only on for one episode. So what was it like the unmistakable murder mystery <laughs> that you were on for two? Well, you know, <laughs> and I didn't even ask him about. Well, he was on forever for about it. When forever it was only on for one season, but I saw him in yeah. that, and I, I was like, well, I'm not going to ask him because I like Judd I, I wanted to also ask him about his. Because his daughter, one of his daughters is an actress, too. Oh, my gosh. I mean, seriously, we could sit down for, like, two hours with him and just keep <laughs> lots I mean, of questions I, 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 at him. But... The funny thing is, he agreed with me, like, about season two. I, I'm like, 
wait a minute, did he hurt, hurt me? Because, <laughs> like, you, you talk about shows, and you're like, because I never, obviously, he's awesome. I never fought. But him, he, I, I find it, so it, I find it interesting. I never knew it was Katya and his decision to leave, because even they were like, you know what, we're done. Well, I know. They were like, well, what the hell is going on here? And, well, I mean, yeah, and you know Orlando Jones said, said as much when I, when I talked to him um, at the Comic-Con a couple years ago. You know, he was just like, oh, my gosh, like, they were all like, what's going on here? And and I do think it and, – and he's right. You know, Alex Kurt, it was Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orsi. They were sort of the driving force behind season one. So uh, when they – if had they not left, I think it would have been a whole different scenario. Oh, without a doubt. Um, well, they, this, I've actually yeah. mentioned this on Flash quite a few times because they have bad villain stuff on there too. So I use, I use um, Katrina's character as an example of the worst – changeover I have ever seen in television. Yeah. Good, from, yeah. I mean, she, they literally, you, you remember when she became bad, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. It was when they it had like that. Only... It literally was Evil Witch, who was, um, he was actually, yep. he, who did a very, the actor did a very good Jonah Hex in Legends. I will give him that. But that actor, yeah. what, he's like, give in to your evil side. And she, her eyes changed. And from that moment on, she was a villain. It's like, that's it. I know. Well, you know, it should have been, they should have had her be the villain. I mean, wouldn't it have been an interesting twist, though, coming back on from season two, like, uh, that it was it was. I don't think she should have been the villain at all. Abby I really don't. Per- really? I kind of think it would have been interesting because it could. No, just this think is the storyline I, mean, I been- said. This is what I think should have happened. Um, Henry gets turned back into Jeremy, and Katrina has to leave with him to, like, maybe even go back to the original time or something. So they have to, and which True, is a good excuse yeah, for them to leave the show. But that would have, but that, but then, well, yeah, I mean, if they were going to leave the show, yes. I mean, they could have done it that way. I mean, I, 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 I never liked the fact that, you know, I mean, I get that he had to, you know, Ichabod had to kill her because she was, she was going to kill Abby. So, I mean, that was kind of a no, you know, win situation there. But Oh, but God, the way they, oh, they, it was so obvious. Whoever took over for season two had no idea how to write for women because they just, they oh, just kept butting totally. heads with yep. Katrina and Abby. It, it was so, and you can have them fight, but it was so, it was so cat fight like. It was, it was just disappointing. Right, right. Well, remember in Weeping Lady, there was that moment when they're arguing in the living room, you know, and she, because she was like, Henry's good, and Abby's like, are we going to do this again? And, you know, I mean, there was just too much adversarial, you know, you either had to have her really, uh, I don't know, I honestly, I mean, the show was supposed to be about the two witnesses, and it turned out to be about Ichabod Crane, you know, and the family, the Crane, Crane family drama, and and I think, you know, the whole, the crazy thing is, is that Mark Goffman, he wrote, he wrote the very first episode coming back, right, after the season finale, which was amazing. I, we we love that moment, you know, when Ichabod Nabi hug and he finds her in purgatory and they get out. That was amazing. And actually, Tempest Fugit was the season three, season two finale was amazing. I mean, I thought he did a great job. He wrote that one, too. So I don't understand how they go from from that to the finale and be just so, you know, so disorient. It was just disorienting all throughout. And I mean, the whole thing, uh, anyway, but I'm so happy to it's say. So you know what's weird? That One they, thing asking John Noble about, because like I said, he voiced the uh, Scarecrow, he voiced Unicron, he voiced Brainiac. 
to me, it's like, oh, my God, what a great take. But I forget that that is animated. To him, it was just coming into the studio. Right, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, he's uh, he was just – he's an incredible – you know, I mean, I ha- I actually had a bunch – a couple more questions I wanted to ask, but I'm like, oh, my God, we're running out of time. Uh, I so know. Because there's a show I, I, show I really like, but he was only in one episode. So, it's like, should I ask him about this? Yeah, I know it's hard. Well, you know, but uh, but how cool of it that was it that he took the time to chat with us. So I'm very I'm very happy about that. He's he's a wonderful guy. He's just really nice. Very very um, you know, he just kind of is you like just kept what, talking over each way. other. I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why I kept jumping into my questions. I'm like, you both you both were like so polite because you kept talking to each other and then stopping. I'm like, I'm gonna jump in right here. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was like hoping you would do that. So, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so that's our show, I guess. So you, um, yeah, I, guess. I guess we need to te- we need to tell people uh, what we need to tell people to how to find us. I guess um, you can find us on Twitter at Headless Podcast. I'm at Sleepy Addicts, and Zach, what's your Twitter? Oh, Interim Insanity, and keep an eye out because there's a lot of big things in the pipeline from the Interim Insanity. We can even, soon we'll be able to call it Franchise. <laughs> yep, and I'm your producer, so excitement. <laughs> I think it's going to be good. Yay! So, a lot of big stuff. Um, exactly. So I guess with that, let's uh, end our, our podcast. Shall I uh, take us Thank out? you so much. Yeah, take us on out. <laughs> Uh, see, I, and I want to say this real quick before I take us out. You might people say, "Oh, they're talking okay. over each other." The reason we all talk over each other is because there's a delay. So we start talking, and we don't hear the voice or halfway through. So it sounds like we're all yeah. talking over each other. I cannot tell. There have been people who have emailed my pockets going, "Why is everyone talking over each other?" Because of the delay. <laughs> I know. I know. It's kind of secret. hard. <laughs> because we got to so. remember. I'm in Massachusetts, and she's in Seattle, so we're not in the same room, all right? <laughs> right. We're 3,000 miles apart, people. So. <laughs> and I think okay, John so was probably just, calling from L.A., I'm guessing, or New York. He might be in New York. I don't know where he was calling from, but uh, anyway. <laughs> I almost want to be like, so, John, can I submit my headshot to you? Can you give it to somebody? <laughs> yeah, I know, really. But, okay. I'll he think, might, okay, Oh, he well, uh, you, you got to be careful doing that because you don't want any leaving. But okay, I so know. thank you all for coming. I mean, I, I doubt he's still listening, but thank you, John Noble, so much. I literally was interviewing the whole time in my head. I was just going, "I'm talking to John Noble." That's how I am whenever I interview someone. Really, I'm like, "Oh my god!" We are the witnesses, keeping a watchful eye as the third tribulation unfolds. And until then. Lucky 
Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.